Welcome back to Hop the Props. Hopper Nation, how are we? Chuck, how are we? Wonderful Wednesday evening. What's up, Seth? How are we doing? Episode 8. We've been doing this for a while now. I feel like pros. This is the first episode in uh, December. Well, this is a Christmas episode. <laughs> it's our first one. Many more to come. Chuck, I just got... I just finished watching the Texas-UNC game. Unfortunately, we couldn't throw this bet on the uh, on the podcast because it happened today and you know we recorded at night. But uh, I had Texas by one and a half, and you know what they did, Chuck? Buzzer beater at the end. Win by two. Nice little cash out there. Love that to start the day. And the other one that we've got going um, later tonight, which was honestly the best bet of the week, in my opinion, was a little Eastern Kentucky versus South Carolina Upstate. Now, many would see this game as a non, non-investment non opportunity. But a seasoned college basketball veteran like myself, Eastern Kentucky is either first or second in their division all the time. South Carolina Upstate is terrible. Only favored by three and a half last night when I put it in. Line went up to seven and a half today. Eastern Kentucky's already up by 10. Looking for him to run away with this one, Chuck. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, we'll, we'll have more college basketball from Seth coming later because he- – Seth, you've been killing it on the college basketball so far this year. Early one game, like twenty and three or yeah, something. Like, it's ridiculous. Really, ridiculous. all over it. Crazy, so, crazy. But we we gotta start with some college football recapping from last week. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm gonna start off with that that Friday Black Friday game of Notre Dame UNC. I, I love Notre Dame here, and, and Seth, they looked really good. A slow start. Um, UNC scored in their first two drives, and then Notre Dame shut them down the rest of the way. Yeah, that was one of your best bets of the week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah would... North Carolina did not score in the second half. It was tied at 17 and a half, and then Notre Dame just scored once in the third, once in the fourth. 14-point victory. Easy dub to cover the six-point uh, spread that they had. So, I mean, I, I, I threw on it. I know you threw on it. Yeah. And uh, came out on top on that. We hope the listeners threw on it as well. That would have been easy money there. Great spot. I mean, Notre Dame's looking really good. I, I wasn't a believer for a while, but... um. They seem like a lock to the college football playoff, even if they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship at this point. So uh, I think I think the only way they are a lock is if Clemson absolutely embarrasses them, right? Like and like, wins by more than like rough. three touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. Like they just get rocked, and it still depends. Like if on they what, lose, how they lost um, that one time. They lost like what, like thirty-three to zero or thirty-three to three that one time in the college football playoff. Yeah. If that happens, I think the committee will throw in either Texas A and M, Florida, uh, depending how they do in the. Well, that's SEC the thing. It's going to come down to, to how Florida, Florida, Bama, and Clemson, Notre Dame are really the only relevant games now. I'm still, I'm still hoping for one of those teams loses a big uh, a game and Cincinnati sneaks in the fourth spot. It could happen. It's very unlikely, but it could happen. Well, I mean, this feels terrible to say, but we kind of have to hope for like a Ohio State COVID outbreak because they've only played four games, and if they don't play six, they don't get to play in the Big Ten championship. So then it's just like yep. okay, five yeah, and zero Ohio State, like, Michigan State, and then and Michigan. Who's their last game? Michigan. Michigan. Okay, and the, both those teams are not playing well. So then the other argument that can be made for Ohio State is they haven't played anybody, and the one team they did play was an Indiana team that yeah. I mean, kind almost kind of should have won that game. Yeah, and then they'll have like Wisconsin in the in the Big Ten championship, I guess. So I mean, and Wisconsin looked terrible against Northwestern. So the, the I mean, we thought they'd be challenged, but I, I guess not. And then Northwestern goes and loses the Michigan State. So it's like I, I feel like the strength of schedule for Ohio. State, I feel like the case can definitely be made that Ohio State shouldn't be in the college football playoff. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah, but I, it I won't, think the case. But, can be made. but I agree, the case could be made. Um, yeah, a conference that's not going to get in the college football playoff this year is the Big Twelve, but. The team leading it right now is Iowa State after that that big win against Texas on Friday as well. So, the one thing I don't get about this game is um, we're talking about the college football playoff again. Is Iowa State jumped to ninth? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. They beat a Texas team that's seventeenth. Barely, they beat them by three. Yeah. like it, it it wasn't an impressive win, and they jumped like four spots to ninth. I didn't I didn't understand that. Um, I mean, they were trailing by seven going into the fourth. This was my – I remember saying Texas is going to win this game because Iowa State can't win big games. And they, they did prove me wrong. They scored 10 points in the fourth quarter and um, upset Texas, I guess. It wasn't even an upset, though. Was, I think yeah, the, the game was, was a, pretty – I think it was a pick em. Yeah. I, I kind of so, liked Ohio, Iowa State, but 
But yeah, it's just good, one of those... good for Iowa State for winning a game. They'll have to play Oklahoma in the Big Twelve Championship. I do think they will lose that game. Yeah, uh, agreed. But you know, good for good for them for proving me wrong in that game. Um, um, Bama and Clemson looked pretty good this week. You were at that Clemson game, weren't you? Yeah, and I I know I talked about it in the podcast. I kind of liked Pitt there to and Clemson to have a slow start. I couldn't have been more wrong. Clemson won yes. the first quarter, thirty-one nothing. <laughs> So thirty-one points coming off rusty I, I was not exactly a uh, the right call there. Yeah, I I saw it on the on the app when I was looking. I was like, and I texted you. I'm like, they're up by thirty-one in the first quarter. I was like, maybe ESPN is just slow, and it's really like halftime or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 30, thirty-one in the first quarter, and then Clemson only outscored them by four the rest of the game. I mean, yeah, we started. They just kind of. They did the exact opposite of what we thought. They were they thought we were gonna maybe True, start slowing yeah, down. Right. Lawrence just went out there, tore him up, went to the bench. Yeah. Done. Um, but unfortunately, Chuck, another another loss for the Jaeger bomb. Dude, this one was this one was tough to see. Um, to be fair, transitioning I, from college to the NFL yeah. here on on the recap, but. Yeah, I was oh, back on the man. NFL with my Jaeger bomb after after the big win of the Titans a couple weeks ago. Had the Chargers this week against the Bills. And, you know, honestly, the Chargers, the Bills are were clearly a better team, but um and the Chargers still could have covered and and probably should have covered. They they got stopped. They were down 10 and didn't end up scoring on like the the one yard line because of some poor play calling. The one, the and they had three chances at it. I'm like, how do you guys not get in the end zone? Yeah, and, and I mean, at that point it didn't really matter, but but for the betting for the betters like myself, it it definitely did matter at that point. It was it would have been a garbage time touchdown, but that would have been a nice backdoor cover from the Chargers. But then Anthony Lynn made some made some questionable calls um, down the stretch. So so tough one there, but I I still stand by my pick. I think the Chargers are good enough to hang with the Bills, and they and they proved that. Yeah. You know, this this week for me was just a week of bad beats. Honestly, it was. It was just it was brutal all the way around. Um, from that game because I was watching that game and I had I had the Chargers um, just on the spread too, and I I was just watching them and I'm just like get, just put it in the end zone, get the end zone. They couldn't do it. Yeah. And I mean the play play calling was poor. Um, I had Herbert over on passing yards that hit, but then the Keenan Allen bet didn't hit for receiving yards, so that kind of got negated. Um, but he, he, Keenan Allen kind of had a down week. Uh, I like to point this out. I mean, he's Keenan Allen has been over the past three games, except with that week as an exception. So for anyone who threw on that, it was like, oh, Keenan Allen like is a bust. They didn't do it. it. That was just a down week. Like, I bet money he'll come back the next week and go over again. I think it was just one down week against the uh, um, the Bills. But we'll get we'll get into my thoughts about the Chargers game later. Um, but yeah, the. Chargers game, and then the other game that I know you want to talk about was the the Patriots beating the uh, the Cardinals. I know I'm I'm always high on the Cardinals. I, I, I always tell you stuff. Gonna... I had a I had a feeling about the Patriots in this one. Um, I really like Bill Belichick in general against you know young quarterbacks and kind of shutting down Kyler Murray, and he, he seemed to be able to do that. They didn't score a lot of points, but they didn't they didn't have to. They kind of kind of shut Kyler down. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals scored 10 points in the first quarter. It was 10-0. I was like, okay, well, you know, this is how I predicted this game would go. And then 10-7 at halftime, I'm like, all right, they're still up. Then Patriots come out and score 10 points in the third, and then they end up winning on a 50-yard field goal at the end. And I'm just like, like, the Cardinals have too much talent to lose that game. Like, I think I'm just looking at them on paper, and I'm like, they have Murray, Hopkins, Drake. Their defense is respectable. Like, you should be able to put up points and win games. And I mean, they're six and five. They really should be five and six because they should have lost to the Bills. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with the Cardinals. And I always want to pick them because I think that they're a very good team, but they just seem to lose games. Yeah, and I just think so, it, it comes back to the inexperience of of Cliff and Kyler. I think they're getting there. I just don't think they're ready in in like these big games against. You know, I know the Patriots aren't a good team, but Bill Belichick is a great coach. So like playing this higher level of, of talent, I don't think they're they're ready for yet. Yeah, that might be that might be it. The youth, I mean, it is Hopkins' first year there with Kyler Murray, so they're still kind of working out everything. And I mean, we'll see. I mean, they, they do play the Rams this week. Uh, the Rams are favored by three. Again, we'll talk about that later. Um, but I actually did cover that game because in my parlay, I threw them at th- uh, plus three and a half. So, I mean, that one hit for me. But 
thing that didn't hit was the Giants because Daniel Jones went out and then the Giants couldn't put the ball in the end zone. The Bengals scored the last second. I had the Giants at minus two and a half to complete my parlay and they won by two. Heartbreaker. You hate to see it. A tear comes to your eye. A tear rolls down your face. One of those rare times the two and a half line doesn't work out for you. I know. The one time. I was like 19 to 17. Like, really? Like, 20 to 17 would have been fine. Right. 19 to 17, like, you've got to be kidding me. But I should know that about Giants. Giants games just end in weird scores, I feel like, most of the time. And then another another backdoor cover I, I personally didn't throw on this game was the Chiefs-Bucks. Bucks scored 14 points in the last quarter and lose by three on a line that was minus three and a half. Yeah, that so, was surprising. for anybody – I mean, I don't think we talked – I think I – I think I might have said to bet on the Chiefs last podcast. I mean, they, they were ahead all game. This was a blowout. They were up 17-0. to And then, I mean, they pretty much just scored in garbage time, I feel like. I mean, it was close at the end, but still, not good. And then the ultimate bad beat of bad beats, Seahawks-Eagles. <laughs> I told I, – I can't remember if I told you or it was somebody else yesterday. Oh, somebody else, somebody else. I was there like, oh, I think the Eagles are going to like get killed. And I'm like, you know – 91% of the betters are betting on the Seahawks to cover six and a half. Yep. It was five and a half, but it got moved up to six and a half. And 91% of betters were covering a six and a half. I'm like, I just feel like something weird's going to happen. I, I think, I think of all the plays, the under is the play, which it was. Um, but I was just like, I have a terrible feeling about this game and feeling confirmed as heartbreak hit all Seahawks betters with that Hail Mary and two point conversion, which makes no sense. Yeah. I still don't understand that. You know, I I had some people. Some people were definitely saying Vegas rigged that that two point conversion because they just didn't need to do it. But um, it, it makes conspiracy yeah, theory like, or not, that was kind of crazy. Kind of a crazy end. Why would you do it other than to cover the spread? Like, there's just no no point there at all. Yeah. Like it doesn't do you any good. Like if you were to magically somehow get an onside kick and throw a hail mary the next play. You're, you're only down by seven, so you just score a touchdown, kick the extra point, and it's tied. Right, there is no need to go for two from just so, a I don't know, general knowledge perspective. I, I feel for anybody who, who bet that. I, I feel so bad. Yeah, but to be fair, I, I think I think it's right to be weary on mo- most games that like 90% of the money is coming in on one team. That's happened before this year, and it's just just stay away if you if you see something like that or... I, I completely agree. Any game that's like where you see – because I think um, like 93% of betters of the Giants-Bengals game had the Giants covering the spread. That lost. Um, I think it was – and there were like two other games too that were like that high. And I think the Cardinals were one of them. Um, and it was just – it was ridiculous. And I saw – and they all lost. And I was like, oh, geez. So, yeah, whenever, whenever the majority of people are betting that high, they, that's when you know Vegas knows something. And that's why I'd say, honestly, just go the other side. Go with the 8 9% yeah, that's through another well. if you're If you're unsure about it, go against the majority on that one because the majority loses. What do we say? House always wins. Majority majority will lose. Yeah. So, but right, moving on to this week, yeah, clean slate, week. moving on. Start with some college football. Chuck, lead us off. Lead us off. Get, what, are the, what are the bets this week? What are the best bets? Okay, you know, I'm, I'm really liking some SEC action this week, um, going to Texas A&M against Auburn. Um, we didn't touch on it too much earlier, but Auburn got absolutely wrecked by Alabama. Now, granted, when Texas A&M played Alabama, they also kind of got wrecked, but, but they've really bounced back hard since then, and I haven't been too big of a believer until now. I'm kind of finally, finally hopping on the bandwagon a little bit. They're only a minus seven uh, favorite at Auburn this week. Now, Auburn is undefeated at home. Um, but I believe Texas A&M had their worst offensive performance of the season last week. They they beat LSU twenty to seven, coming off of that was, that was ugly. Yeah, come it was in. I would blame it. The the weather was kind of crazy, and A and M had come off of two weeks off because of some COVID stuff. So I just think, you know, offensively they they have a lot more firepower than than Auburn. Um, and last week was just kind of an anomaly and kind of almost like that idea of that Jets bye week that didn't work out so well for me this this week. I'm I'm rolling with that again, kind of an LSU bye week. Like Texas A&M is, is hyped up and, and Auburn's, you know, trending in the opposite direction. So, And Texas A&M knows they just need to win out and hope for some help from a college football playoff perspective. So I think they, they cover the seven, but I definitely like them to win this game. Yeah, you know, I bet against uh, Auburn at home. Or no, I bet I bet Auburn to beat South Carolina 
couple weeks ago at South Carolina, and they lost. So I, I am, and it hurt. It was a bad loss. I hated it. Like they were up. It, it just hurt to watch. So ever since then, I've just been like, I'm not betting against Auburn. They make me angry. Um, so I'm, I'm right, right on board with you here with the, the Aggies. They're, they're just a much better team. Um, and I think Texas A&M's defense is underrated. I think they actually have a pretty good defense. I don't think Bo Nix will be able to throw it down the field against them. I, I'd honestly be surprised if Auburn puts up over 17 points. I think Texas A&M comes out with the firepower and puts up at least at least 28. I think this is a double, double-digit double win by the Aggies here. Yeah, I like that for sure. Um, transitioning to where game day is. Game day is heading to the Dirty Myrtle this week, Seth. Dude, this is this is a very exciting <laughs> game. I'm this is the best game of the week. I'm excited to <laughs> talk. Pumped for it. Excited. Lead us off. Start 2 p.m. Coastal Carolina, the undefeated Coastal Carolina Shanta clears against the Liberty Flames. Your boys. Um, I do. Love what, Liberty. Eight, I do. Eight, love Liberty. They have they have one loss by one point on a block field goal to NC State. Um, Which honestly shouldn't have happened, but it's whatever. <laughs> anyways. A little bitter after that. Um, so the Shants opened bitter. up. I mean, I had them on the spread, so it's fine. But I was still bitter. The Shants opened up at an at a seven point favorite, but they have gone up to eleven, Seth. And Which is absolutely absurd. But I will get to that <laughs> after you finish. Continue. Yeah. All right. So I mean, I originally liked the Shants minus seven, um, just because they're getting game day, and I just think they're so hyped up in this spot. Um, I get Liberty's pretty good. I think Coastal's really good, too. I, I, I bet on them when they played App State. I, Grayson McCall's a player for sure. Um, I, I don't know about this 11 number. I, th- I still think they win the game, but um, just because game day's there, and I think they're going to be really hyped up playing at home, um, knowing this is you know the biggest game of their program's history at this point. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> when has Coastal ever been good? So and undefeated and in potential for a big bowl game. Like, they know they need to win this game. Chuck, I I agree and I disagree at the same time. I do think Coastal will win this game. But I think I think 11 is way too high. Yeah. And I even think 7 is way too high. Mm. I, think, I think the play here is liberty to cover without a doubt. Now, you're right. Coastal Carolina will be hyped up and everything. Like, they'll be excited. But... The thing is, like, this is just a bad matchup for Coastal. Mm. Like, it's just, it's just a bad matchup all the way around. Like, if you look at the App State game, the running back for App State had 27 carries for 178 yards. Lib- what does Liberty do? I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. They run Liberty runs the ball all day. Like, they don't pass the ball. And Coastal Carolina can't really stop the run. The, old, the other good team that Coastal Carolina played um, – you know, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, um, they gave up over 230 yards on the ground in that game. Yeah. And they're going against the Liberty team that can just run all over ACC. Liberty's played three ACC teams. Coastal's played none. So I already think, I mean, Liberty's strength of schedule, I think, is better. Sure. Even if their divisional games aren't as good, they still played three ACC teams and they're two and one. Yeah. Um, and Liberty is also like eighth against the pass. So they can they can stop the pass, and against the North Carolina team that was supposed to you know air raid them a couple weeks ago, they only put up eighteen points. And I was I watched that entire game. They look solid on defense, and I I just don't see Coastal being able to stop the run. I think this is going to be a pretty high scoring game. I, I think both teams will be in the high twenties or high twenties or above, and I see this being a shootout. Um, it might top. I mean the seven the seven's like right on the edge. Like Coastal could win by a touchdown. You know, like Liberty tries to get on the field and can't do it, and they win by a touchdown. But I could also see it just being a three-point win for yeah. Coastal. But I definitely do not like double digits. Um, so I love, love, love the Liberty Flames to cover. Take the points. Um, just as you were talking, I was looking up some stats here. Um, Liberty has more ACC victories this year than Florida State, Duke, and Syracuse. That's yeah. awesome. Just put them in the ACC. Or put them in the ACC. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> That's fun. I, I enjoy it. See what that. happens. See what happens. Anywho. Um, speaking of the ACC, this is my bet of the week here, Seth. I got NC oh, State. Bet of the week. All right. Let's NC State minus seven against Georgia Tech. Um, I don't know why this number is so low. This seems really low. Like, anytime a competent ACC team 
I, I would qualify NC State as, as pretty competent um, plays Georgia Tech. They should be favored by double digits. So Georgia Tech gives up a lot of yards and a lot of points. Their defense is really bad. I mean, we saw Clemson put up, you know, I know it's Clemson, but they put up 73 on them this year. Um, and NC State's kind of been rolling. Um, they have a new quarterback in, Blake, Bailey Hackman, and they've won three straight games. They're 3-1 and one in their last four with Bailey Hackman, and that last loss was that near win against Miami where they could have really pulled that one out. Um, so they've just been playing really well, putting up a lot of points, and I think that that continues. And I just, beat I Liberty. just like them. They beat Liberty, beat them by two. That's a tough game, too. Can't yeah. knock the Liberty well, play. And they didn't, they didn't put up a lot of points in that one, but but against ACC opponents, they've been putting up a lot of points. So I like NC State to just score a lot more than Georgia Tech in this one, at least at least 10 more. So I, I like them to cover easily. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech has the 110th worst total defense. They give up an average of 471 yards a game. Yeah. Um, and you're right, North Carolina State's offense has been more than capable of putting up points. Um, so I think this is an excellent opportunity for us and the betters to capitalize on a pretty low line here. Absolutely. All right, the last one that I got, and then we'll, we'll let you take some take the lead on some college football action. Um Oregon coming off we didn't talk about this Oregon lost um to Oregon State on last Friday that was a crazy game crazy wild game. ending yeah excellent game though you'll love the Civil War and you'll love it early in the year it's not the last game oh that's right that's so what the rivalry is called I couldn't remember though. what the rivalry was called the Civil War um I like the Ducks to bounce back after that bad loss um and obviously coming off a of Friday game they got an extra day of rest they're playing Cal this week um, and our 10-point favorites, Cal is 0-3 and, and, and hasn't really done anything to show me anything. I know that was a terrible choice of words, but I just like Oregon to bounce back in the spot and, and maybe cover the 10 points, but at least win this game. I mean, I, I don't think the money line would be crazy high, so just throwing it in with a with a parlay is something I might I might look into this week. Yeah, I, I mean, Oregon's not going to lose a Cal. Cal is terrible. Cal looks bad. Um, they lost to Stanford, who also doesn't look good. Um, and I, I just think this is a spot where Oregon can kind of get all their, their anger and frustration out in one game. So, I, I mean, I see I see Oregon winning by easily two touchdowns here. Yeah. Um, I think this this paired with the NC State parlay could be – or and the NC State game could be a good parlay just purely on spreads. Did get you that, like, plus two, 260 number? Um, on odds, so that's that's what I'll probably end up doing um, because these are both two games. That I think I think the spread's a little too low. Um, I just think I just think they'll come out and and light Cal up because I think if Oregon wins that game last week, this spread's at least like fourteen. Right, I think they're they're so reacting a little bit. I agree. I agree. So I like that game. But so now now we're what we're moving got? on to to the games that I I found quite interesting, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the game that I found the most interesting. And that's Tulane against Memphis. And Memphis is an underdog by one and a half points. Interesting. And I have no idea why. I'm confused. I don't know what to think. Um, so I was like, you know what? Maybe Vegas knows something. Because, you know, I always, I always give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, maybe Vegas knows something that I don't know. Yeah. So I looked at it. Tulane against the pass. 106. So I was like, all right, maybe Memphis's offense has dropped down. Memphis, passing offense, fifth. Now I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, nothing else should matter at that point. If you're putting the fifth best off passing offense against like a bottom 5% passing defense, which team's going to win? I don't care how bad the other defense, like, like Tulane is not in the top twenty in passing the ball. Memphis's defense is the bottom twenty of pass defense, but Tulane's not gonna be able to keep up with them. So I, I just see this game as a very strange line. I think this is very similar to the SMU Cincinnati game earlier in the year, where SMU was favored by a point and a half, and then Cincinnati just came and ran them over. Memphis also won like forty four to seventeen last year, so I really see this game as a missed line on the part of Vegas. So I mean, th- this is my best bet of the week right here by far. I think this is an automatic block. I'd put the mortgage on it, Chuck, if I were you. <laughs> Noted, Seth. Um, yeah, I mean, Memphis has been pretty good. I mean, we I know we talked about them when they played Cincinnati and they got they got killed, but, you know, their only other loss coming in a close one to SMU. I mean, they've, they've been taking care of business in the, in the American Conference otherwise, so they even beat UCF. So, I mean, 
just feel like they can beat Tulane, right? Like, I don't understand. This number doesn't really make sense to me either. Yeah, I mean, they haven't played well. I mean, Memphis, they haven't played, like, great the past three games. They only beat USF by one, and they beat Navy by three in a 10-7 to game, yeah, which is just a weird. really strange game. Weird Memphis but, game. I think that they just come back here with Tulane. I I just think it's not close. Because, I mean, Tulane is third to last in the American. I just don't see them losing this game. Right. I mean, they sh- they shouldn't, at least, on, on paper. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I got, I got two other ones, both in the Pac-12 here. Some Colorado, Arizona. Colorado, our boys, 3-0 and against the spread. Playing really 3-0. Playing really, playing really well. Yeah, they beat Stanford, UCLA, and uh, beat San Diego State last week. Beat them by ten. So they cover the spread every time. Arizona, not a good football team at all. No, and the other really thing, not. Chuck, is Colorado is actually playing for something, which is rare. As a fan, I know most of the time it's like, oh, all right, four and eight again. You know, who cares? Right. But you know, three and zero. Like if they win out, if they go undefeated, and I know their strength of the schedule is kind of weak, but if they go undefeated in the Pac-12, they'll get some respect and they'll probably make a decent bowl game. Yep. Arizona's already 0-3. They don't care. They're done. Their season's over for all for all they care. Right. So I think Colorado comes in here and wins by two touchdowns. Easily covers the seven. And um, that's my second best bet of the week. And then the third one that I want to talk about is could be – I'm, I'm throwing a mini upset out there. I know you, you had these guys earlier on an upset that didn't work or it was you know, the, didn't quite pan yeah. out. But USC, Washington State. USC is favored by 13. That is way too much. I think this is a one-possession game. Both teams are just going to absolutely aerate it. There's going to be minimal defense everywhere. I mean, it's going to be like you're playing 11, 11 against 8. Like, they're just going to be throwing a massive gas. On both, both teams will be over 30 points easily. So, I mean, honestly, the bet of this game, the over. But if you're looking for an upset of the week in college football, in my opinion, I'd go Washington State again over USC. Yeah, I mean, and I know I picked them, and they didn't quite cover um, against Oregon when they played them, but but they look pretty good. I know they've they haven't played too much since then though, because of some COVID issues. So I don't know how maybe they'll come in a little rusty, I guess, because USC's actually been able to get their games in. But I mean, I, USC I, just USC just hasn't looked good. No, they, like, and they haven't the like time. convincingly won against teams that they should should convincingly win against. So. No, yeah, I watched him against Utah playing. Their, their quarterback, he, he made some throws, and even the, the announcers were like, where is that throw going? Like, yeah. It was just, they didn't look good, they didn't look in sync, and they kind of just looked off. So I think that's going to um, kind of affect their play here. And I, they, they might, they'll probably end up winning the game, but I don't think it's going to be by 13. Yeah, agreed. So I, we got one more college game left. I believe it's the, the Jaeger bomb saving it for us yeah we're going back to college football after a two-week hiatus in the nfl went one and one in the nfl so what am i i'm two and one in college football so we're getting back we're getting back at it um any loyal fans of the podcast knows i've actually been on this team um really since for a while now um i keep i keep picking them or keep talking about them um so this week seth i got the jaeger bomb of the West Virginia Mountaineers. They're going up against Iowa State. Um, Seven-point dogs. I really like the points here. Um, Iowa State, we talked about them earlier. Getting that big jump to nine, they just feel a little overrated. Um, And I think this is just a similar spot to Northwestern getting into the top ten last week, and we saw what they did against Michigan State. They actually lost to Michigan State by nine. Um, So I just feel like this is another time where somebody gets a little too hyped up that that isn't really that good and they kind of could just come back to earth um in a big way so I, I even like West Virginia to potentially win this game but I love the points um Iowa State's only five and four against the spread this year West Virginia plays a lot of close games they lost to Oklahoma State at the beginning of the year by 14 but since then they have only lost two games and both of them were by less than a touchdown um so they they play teams close and that's because they have a pretty good defense um, so I could, I could just see this being a, a touchdown or less than a touchdown game and, and West Virginia potentially winning um, for a letdown spot for Iowa State. So uh, West Virginia Mountaineers lock it in. And that's the Jaeger bomb. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's get another winning week this week, Seth. 
you know, I, I love that also because I like West Virginia, but I also don't like Iowa State. I never I never believe in Iowa State again because, like I said, I'm like, oh, they'll be in the Big 12 championship game. I think this is a letdown spot. In between, you know, two ranked opponents, you've got a tough West Virginia team. And I think this could be, end up being a trap game. Not sure if they lose the game, but I think it'll definitely be close. Love this pick, Chuck. Love it. Let's go. All right. So uh, NFL time? Kind of a kind of a lame NFL week, yeah. actually. The NFL. Now, for all, everyone who listens to this podcast for the NFL, this is a terrible week of NFL football, so we are barely going to touch it. Because I'm going to go down the games, and I'm going to tell you all the games that I don't even want, that I don't even care about enough to bet on. The Saints-Falcons. No idea, because Taysom Hill and the Falcons are playing better. I honestly don't know. Like, that's just a, kind of a weird game. Yeah. The Bears-Lions. Trubisky is second game back. They, they, bear, they won in a game. They shouldn't have beat them the first time. Yeah. But they did. The Lions have looked really and, bad lately. I don't know. Yeah, so the Lions look bad, but the Bears have also looked bad. This is just two teams going in a terrible direction. Don't want to bet on that. Um, Bengals-Dolphins. Again, Bengals in the back of quarterback. Dolphins with the whole Fitz Magic or Tua controversy thing. I don't even know what – there's no props to bet on for that either because I don't trust any of the Bengals receivers without Joe Burrow, and I don't trust any of the Dolphins receivers because I honestly don't know who's going to play in that game or for how long. And the spread's 11 and a half, so I don't even want to touch that. The Vikings-Jags, Glennon played kind of well last week against the Browns, but the Vikings also came back last week against the Panthers, and the line's 10 for that game. And I mean, that's, that's one, that's a high line where, honestly, I'd say go with the Jags on that just because they've kind of kept it close the past few games. With, they've had a kind of resurgence on offense. They covered against the Texans, and they covered against the Browns. So... I mean, maybe there, but again, not passionate about that. The Jets, Raiders, the Raiders looked terrible last week, and it's the Jets. So again, no, no clue there. Actually, that could be a one of your redemption games. The Raiders are favored by eight, so I could see them covering that. You know, after getting blown out spot, yeah. and playing a weak Jets team, I was thinking that too. That might, that might be a play. I'd lower it though. I'd lower it to minus six and a half though. I would not play the eight because I don't want anybody to get burned by the by a touchdown win. Um, and then, yeah, those are pretty much all the garbage games. Now, we're going to go back to the other games that I can talk about for a little bit. So we got the Browns-Titans. Titans are favored by five and a half. Um, I do not like the spread on this game, partially because I think it's going to be a pretty tight game that could end up going either way. I think it could be either won by a touchdown, or I think it could come down to a last-second field goal. So I'd say the spread here is you go Browns plus eight and a half. I really don't think the Browns are going to get blown out here because of the Texans' terrible pass defense. Now, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to completely exploit it and win the game because, you know, he's not that great. But the tight, the Browns have the seventh or eighth best rush defense. So I think they are going to stop Henry a little bit. And I actually, the, the bet that I like in this game is the Tannehill over. Now, the numbers aren't out yet, but I, I like Tannehill to throw for over 200 and and 60 yards in this game so if that if that under if that number is under that i would definitely play the over i think they're going to be forced to throw the ball i think i think cleveland's just going to load the box and make Tannehill beat them they're both eight and three so i mean they're both jockeying for playoff positions so i think the browns are going to say all right you know what you have one of the best you have the best if not one of the best if not the best running back in the league so we're just going to load the box put them all in there and you're going to have to beat us over the top so i do like the Tannehill over passing yards there and the line, I do like it teased to the Browns plus eight and a half. You got anything on that, Chuck? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, I, I do like it to be close. This is definitely a big game. I mean, both teams eight and three. But I don't really trust either one a whole lot. Uh, you know, Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. They kind of both look bad sometimes, but they've won a lot of games. So, I mean, I, and obviously I think the Titans have a lot more talent or a lot more, like, trusted talent because they've, they've been in the spot and they, they've done it. So... Lean Titans, but I don't love the spread. But I, I do think it'll be close, probably. Yeah, I think that's why Vegas pegged the line at five and a half because I think you've got some people thinking that the Titans will win by three, and I think you have some people thinking that the Titans will win by seven. So I think it's kind of like that split right down the middle where they'll, you know, and then you get the weird people that think the Browns are going to win. So you know, they'll again, house always wins. So I think that's a favorable line for the house. So that's when I'm like, if you just extend it to plus eight and a half, then you can cover all of those instances with the exception that the Browns just get blown out, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah. Um, next game, again, another good player prop game is the Texans and the Colts. 
Texans have been playing much better, and Deshaun Watson's coming off a great game yeah. um, against the Patriots. Um, they're four and three since Romeo Cornell took over, said Bill O'Brien. So they have been playing better. They beat the Jags, lost the Titans, lost the Packers, beat the Jags again, lost the Browns by three, beat the Patriots, and beat the Lions. So, I mean, again, they haven't had great wins, but they've been playing better football. And Deshaun Watson's been playing great, um, I think. He's kind of, it's He's pretty much the entire team. Yep. So I don't think they will win this game like at all. No part of me thinks they're going to win it. But I think they're going to be behind, and I think they're going to be you know, actively catching up. But I think you know, their defense is just so bad that the Colts will be able to go down the field. I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game. And I also think that the best bet in this game is the Deshaun Watson over passing yards. And I think it should be set pretty low, considering Indy is like the third-best or second-best passing defense in the league. And they really don't have much of a run game with David Johnson being out for the past few games. So I really do love the Houston Texans quarterback, our boy, Deshaun Watson, to throw over his total for that game. Yeah, you know I'm not going to argue with you on a little Deshaun is great speech, so I'll save that. I'll save our listeners from from doing that and just say yes. Just just yes. Yes, Yes. that sounds good to me. (laughs) Agreed. Um, All right, next game, we'll probably have some conflicting opinions on this one, but a little Rams-Cardinals. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any stats for this one because I have no stats because all the stats would point to the Rams winning this game, but that's why I think the Cardinals win this game. Back is because the, the NFC West it's just too tight. Like those teams don't like they're not distinguishable right now. The Rams, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks like they're all gonna be about the same. And I don't think that the Rams are about to go two games up on the Cardinals. And it's in Phoenix. And I just don't see it happening. For whatever reason, I just don't see it. They haven't played yet. They play again the last week of the season. I think whoever doesn't win this game wins that last game. Right. But for whatever reason, I just see the Cardinals winning this game. I have no facts behind it. <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things where you – it's one of those where I feel like 91% is going to be on the Rams. And I'm just going calm, going contrarian and rolling with the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see about the ninety one percent thing. Um, both of these teams are coming off of of tough losses, uh, field goal losses to teams that are under five hundred and but comp- competent teams that are under five hundred in the Forty ers and Patriots respectively. Um, I like the Rams here, Seth. You know, I, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. The Cardinals could easily, you know, lucky catch at the end of the game. I mean, not lucky. Nukes, nukes a god, but. Um, lucky catch at the end of the game against the Bills. They probably shouldn't have won kind of a crazy ending in in the Seahawks game a couple weeks ago that they won. Um, so I think this team could easily be 4-7, and seven, even though they, they have a lot of offensive talent. I don't think they have a lot of defensive talent, um, maybe in the secondary, but definitely not in the pass rush. And I just really like Jared Goff when he doesn't get a lot of pressure on him um, to kind of stand in the pocket and, and deliver some throws to, to all those playmakers that he has, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Um, so I just I'm leaning Rams here, just because I think they're they're a much more talented team. They're they're just much better all the way around. Uh, I like Aaron Donald to kind of get to Kyler Murray a little bit. Um, he's shown some weaknesses against some some good pass rushes like the Patriots last week. Um, so again, I just Seth, you're you're too in love with the Cardinals, and I'm just gonna keep talking you out of it or trying to. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, again, the other the other prop bet. I know I say this prop bet a lot, and it usually it usually hits. Is the Kyler Murray rushing total with such a good defensive line? I mean, he's gonna be pressured a lot. He's gonna be forced out of the pocket. I like him to run for a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I do like the Kyler Murray over rushing, and for whatever reason, I like the Cardinals to win this game. Uh, this is another one where if you're putting in a parlay, I'd honestly just go L.A. Uh, minus seven and a half. Yeah. Um, to cover that touchdown. Um, that's probably what I'll end up doing um, because that's what, that's what I did last week. I, I thought the Cardinals would beat the Patriots, but in my parlay, I put them at plus three and a half, so they'd still um, so I'd still win if they lost by a field goal, which is exactly what happened. So I covered that last week, which was good. Yeah, um, I mean, even this line, it, it might be decent to take the points. I mean, we got the Cardinals plus plus three, so I mean, this this could very easily be a, a field goal game. Yeah, if or, you're really going for like a value, game. like if you're pushing it, I could yeah, I could see you going Rams minus four and a half which would cover that field goal and if like they won like 20 27 to 24 or 23 or something that covers that 4.2 because that that three and four point happened a lot um but yeah i'd go i'd go rams minus seven and a half and then murray under 
uh, or over rushing yards. Um, next game, I, I want to talk to you about this game because I honestly wasn't sure. Um, Giants Seahawks. Daniel Jones is, I think, out for this game. Like Colt McCoy is starting. Is he really? And I'm. It's only a ten point spread. Like I, I'm very inclined to take the Seahawks here. Maybe tease him down to uh, minus six and a half. I know we're going Seahawks minus six and a half again. It might trigger some of the Philly betters or the the Seattle betters who bet last week. But I mean, I don't see Colt McCoy again. I know the Seahawks defense is terrible, but the Eagles defense is better than the Giants defense. So I see, I see Seattle just kind of going all over him here. And uh, I don't think Colt McCoy will really be able to move the ball because he wasn't able to against the uh, Redskins. He looked terrible. Yeah, it looks like Daniel Jones is out. Um, so that I didn't, I didn't know that. I almost liked the Giants in this spot with Daniel Jones just to to cover against a bad Seahawks defense. But yeah, I mean, I I agree without without Daniel Jones, he's kind of been what they rely on with without Saquon Barkley. So. Yeah, I yeah I, and without Saquon Barkley, you know who's been on fire lately and who's hit every touchdown <laughs> that I've hit? Wayne Gallman, my guy. This is another. This is a good good prop bet here. Wayne Gallman over rushing yards because they're going to try to establish the run early. I know every team tries to pass against Seattle because they're terrible pass defense, but when you have a quarterback who really hasn't played in this long, they, you need to establish the run so you can get that play action going. So I see Gallman over rushing yards and a TD. Throw those both. Those are my most confident ones. Take Seattle minus six and a half on that game. We're really hitting a lot um, of clumping boys today. Yeah. Then we got next one, another another NFC East team playing a much better team, the Eagles and the Packers. Uh, Green Bay by nine at Lambeau. Um, I do not want to touch this game. Yeah. It scares me. Uh just like last game did, because I feel like this could because the Packers can sometimes play down to their opponents because yeah. they only beat the Jags by like three a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but then you know they can come out and just blow the Bears out by you know twenty or whatever that was. That was a complete blowout. So I mean, yeah. I personally don't like this game, and I really don't like prop bets. Either. Actually, the one prop bet that I kind of do like is um and under for Carson Wentz's passing yards because I feel like if he starts to struggle in the beginning of this game they're going to start implementing Jalen Hurts more and more into the game trying to run some like wildcat option stuff which they did a little bit against Seattle and I feel like that could contribute to his um lower passing total I mean he because he only threw for how many yards against you know supposedly the worst pass defense of in a long time like in multiple years this is the worst pass defense he only threw for 215 yards so yeah I mean, and that's with a Hail Mary, right? That's with a Hail Mary. So he was really, that Hail Mary was 33 yards. So he was under, he was under 100, he was under 200 yards against the worst pass defense. So I, I like Carson Wentz under his passing total in that game. Yeah. But I think other than that, like there, there aren't too many games other than that, like, the NFL is just not good this week. Yeah. Did you want to hit on I, I know Bills Niners? That's Monday Night Football. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the only other game that I can see being decent, like enough to bet on. And the Bills are only favored by, I think, two or two and a half. And I like that stretch trade up for the Bills. I think the Niners just had a good week last week. Um, you know, they are, right. they are well coached, but I just don't think they have the talent. Right now, they have too many injuries. They're not going to be able to put up enough points. I don't think their defense is that good to where they're going to limit the the Bills to like you know fourteen points, seventeen points, where they have a shot to win. They're not the the Bills aren't the Rams' offense. So I I see the Bills winning, even if they win by a field goal, it still covers. So right, yeah, that's a that's a nice line. That's just what I want to point it out. That that's yeah, they're, if, if if someone's handing out a minus two and a half, you take it nine times out of ten. Yeah. So I got I got no issues with that there. No issues with that. Do you got anything on that game? No, I just yeah, I like that. I like that two and a half number for sure. I think Yeah. You know, but yeah, Vegas that's pretty much all game. we got for football. Not not a lot of great options this week. Um, but Chuck, that's a good thing. That's okay. That's okay. This is where the money comes. Because we have college basketball. My new favorite segment on the show, Chuck. This is my favorite segment now. <laughs> it's college basketball. And the best thing about college basketball is there's so many games, so many options to choose from. You're not forced into 13 games. you got, like, 30. You know what? Two games I talked about today, Texas, UNC, a little closer than I would have liked, but Texas pulled it out. 
And then I told you before we started, the bet of the century, bet of the century was Eastern Kentucky over South Carolina Upstate. Eastern Kentucky's up by 21 right now, 56 to 35. Should have threw the house on it. I threw three units. So three times what I usually throw, I threw it on this game. Like this game is a lock because I, I bet it early at three and a half last night. And I'll get to, I'll get to keys of betting college basketball in a second, but crazy, crazy bet. I'm loving it right now. It's making me happy. I'm ready to rake it in. I think I'm like 20. Now this makes me like 22 and three or 22 and four in college basketball in just the first week. So I'm pretty excited. So, but anyway, off of that, I got some games that I want to point out for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I even got one on Sunday. Now these, now none of the lines are out for these games yet. Unfortunately, the thing with college basketball is they usually put them out the night before. So if you're on the West Coast, the West Coast is not only the best coast to be on for betting college basketball because Vegas, you know, three hours behind the East Coast, and the lines come out so much later. Like the like the line for the uh, Eastern Kentucky game came out at like 1.30 last night, and I was just up. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was reading. <laughs> I was trying to educate myself. But it was three and a half, but I bet it, and then I wake up this morning, and the line's seven and a half. Now, it's still a good bet, but not nearly as good as three and a half. So... The key to college basketball is when you like a game or look and you're like, you know what, I think I know, I'm pretty familiar with these two teams or, you know, I know enough, is like think of the line in your head or what you would bet. And if it comes out like lower than that or like like higher than that dramatically, then bet it right then. Don't wait and be like, oh, I'll just bet it right before the game because the line's going to adjust. Yeah. So college basketball lines, like they jump around. So I got, I got three games tomorrow that if everyone wants to bet a little college basketball, they should look at these. First of all, we got – East Illinois versus Chicago State. I know I said this last podcast, never bet with Chicago State. They are terrible. They won four games last year. They're in like the the West Conference. I don't even – West Athletic Conference. They're in the whack, and they're in Chicago. That's another red flag. That's just like, oh, what conference do we put them in? Let's just throw them in this conference. They're terrible. Neither team has won a game, though. So Eastern, But Eastern Illinois has played some like decent competition. Um, I, I can't remember exactly who they've played. But they've played – I think they played Xavier or somebody decent. Let me see here. Okay, they played Wisconsin. They lost by 10. It's respectable. Played Marquette, lost by 25. Not as respectable. And they played Dayton and lost by three. Mm, wow. So out of two of those, they've covered two of their games. So yeah. they're two and one against the spread. And when you're when you're looking at these, like, lower-tier teams against, like, these higher-tier teams, you're not looking at them for win games. You're just – how do they play? Like, are they close? What's the deal? Now, Chicago State has been blown out in every single game they've played. They have not covered. They are zero three. They lost eighty four to twenty, or they're eighty four to sixty one, ninety seven to thirty eight, and seventy four to forty four. And that was against Ohio, Illinois, and NC A and T, North Carolina A and T, who's not good. And they beat them by thirty. So that line to me, Eastern Illinois, that should I'm thinking it's going to be around fifteen. Take Eastern Illinois. Anything, and if the line comes out at ten, or for whatever reason it comes out at single digits. Throw so much money on that game, fifteen to twenty. I'd say don't. I I wouldn't go higher than twenty necessarily um, on like a best bet, but anything less than twenty, throw for East Illinois there. The other game, this is my best bet of tomorrow already, is Northern Kentucky versus Tennessee Tech. And I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I didn't even know those were schools. Yeah. And that's where that's where you're missing out on the money to be made. All the money that's going to be made in college basketball is on these not well-known teams because no one knows anything about them. Like, it's not like, like Gonzaga's playing West Virginia right now. Like that's, that's a pretty good line that was set. Cause there's a lot of data on West Virginia, a lot of data on Gonzaga, but I don't know how much the average Joe knows about Northern Kentucky and Tennessee tech, but I can tell you that Tennessee tech is not good. They are not, they, they can't, I think they were fourth to last in their division last year. Um, meanwhile, Northern Kentucky is usually in the top two, if not first, um, in their division. Now, Northern Kentucky's 1-0. They beat Ball State, and Tennessee Tech's 0-2. I think this line is going to come out again in the mid-teens, like 15, 16. I think this is a 20-point win easily. So I'd look for Northern Kentucky here when the line comes out. I mean, if, if you hear this tomorrow morning, look at it immediately, what these lines are. Because they'll, they'll definitely be out by tomorrow morning, and they might have adjusted a little bit, but i definitely look at them right away. And the last one to look at, um, it's kind of my sleeper. This is my upset, if you will, is uh, Iona versus Merrimack. Oh, my God. 
Chuck, why are you looking at me like that? You continue to just wow me with some of the things. You, you're these are on. quality games. These are quality games. <laughs> Iona versus Merrimack. Now, Iona, the only reason why you might know Iona is because Rick Pitino is not a coach there, which kind of shies away, me away from betting on Merrimack. But Merrimack came in first in our conference last year. Now, granted, I can't exactly remember what conference they're in. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find it right now. I don't think I can. The NEC? Yeah, like I don't even know what that stands for. But Northeastern oh, Conference? The Merrimack Warriors. They play with teams like Mount St. Mary's and Wagner and Fairleigh Dickinson. Those teams are sometimes yeah. in the Yeah, they, they went fourteen and four in conference play last year. That's the thing that you have to pay attention to in these like kind of weird mid major games or low major in this case is is their conference record like how do they play against teams like them like it doesn't do you any good to look at how merrimack plays against gonzaga that doesn't you no good um meanwhile iona went nine and eleven last year now again they did they did rick patino is now their coach so that gives them a little bit more credibility but i mean they did they lost by 22 to seton hall um so i honestly i think iona will be favored in this game look for merrimack sneaky cover maybe a win maybe a win maybe a little upset on um on Thursday night, little Merrimack Iona. So those are my those are my three. I wouldn't say locks. I'd Seth say Northern Iona. Kentucky is a lock. Now, also, if you wanted to just parlay those three, you could go Eastern Illinois, Northern Kentucky, and Merrimack with all three to win, and that'll probably bet. I don't know, you'll probably get plus two hundred on that. So that could be also be a good play. But now we're moving to Friday. Friday, Chuck. Do you have anything to say about those three games that I mentioned on Thursday? Well, I actually wanted to get in a, a potential pick here on on Thursday, if that's oh, okay with you. Oh, oh, I'm open to that. <laughs> So I'm I'm in between like a ranked matchup and like the the shit that you pick like bottom of the barrel like so I'm somewhere in the I middle of that. Shit, I call it <laughs> treasure. And <laughs> one person's trash is another That's man's fair. treasure. That's fair. All right. That's treasure for me. Hey, you know what? You thought Eastern Kentucky, South Carolina upstate was trash? Easiest money I've ever made, baby. Yeah. They're That's up fair. by twenty seven. Twenty seven, and the spread was three and a half. I need to start Come listening on. to you. All right, I'll, I promise right. I'll start what's listening your, to you soon. What's your pick? Give it to me straight. All right, this is what I got. I got Washington against Utah. I don't know what this line's going to be. Utah will probably be favored because they haven't played a game yet, but Washington's played two. They lost by 34 to Baylor. And then this is what made me think about it. I, I was, you know, watching some basketball, watching some ESPN last night, and I saw Washington lost by 15 to UC Riverside. Now, my dad went they to UC Riverside. They total points, which yeah. is terrible on right. basketball. yeah. So my dad went to UC Riverside. I know they're they're not good at sports. Um, they, they don't do very well in in the conference against like teams like UCI or you know better teams in that conference, um, Hawaii. So I like Utah to to probably cover here. They haven't played a game yet, so I don't have a lot to go off of. But they were you know Washington was five and thirteen in the Pac twelve last year, and Utah was seven and eleven. So I'm hoping this line isn't too high, just because neither team's very good. But I just think. Utah's at least better. Yeah, you know, I, I like that as well. Um, your your dad's school, UC Riverside, uh, uh, they went 4-14 four and 14 in conference play last year. Yeah, see, they're, they're, and, not, uh, they're not good. Wait, no, that was, no, that's, wait, why? Whoa, not that, whoa. I, I was in 2004. All right, they went 7-9 and nine in conference play, so yeah, not much better. better. Um, so, yeah, it's not like they're, you know, like a powerhouse, you know, team that you've never heard of. So, yeah, the one thing that does scare me though is that Utah has not played a game, but Utah usually is better. I think I think Utah will actually be favored in this game. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it just depends how much. Probably by like, I dude, I honestly think it might be high. It might, it might be like ten. Yeah, which might of, scare me away. Because Washington's um, been but so if, bad. If it's low, like if you see it come out at like three, or if for whatever reason Washington's favored, bet that immediately. Yeah, because sure. I don't think Washington wins that game. Um, and I yeah I think I think ten ten is probably what it's going to be around, um, but if it's anywhere below that, uh, yeah, get on that. What's what's the what's the mid major game? I, I am a mid major special this year. No, that that was all I had. I was just saying it was kind of oh. not quite as low as what you got. I don't I don't have enough information about some of these these lower teams like like you do. You don't know about you don't know much about Detroit Mercy. Well, I'm scrolling through Friday's games now, and wow, there are some randos on here. Oh, well, well, you know what? Let me tell you my best randos from Friday. All right, All right ready? 
Here we go, baby. First one is one of my favorite covering teams. One of my favorite. I love betting on them to cover. UT Arlington. <laughs> UT Arlington against Tulsa. Oh. All right. So Tulsa, you know, a well-known team. They, yeah. they lost to TCU by five, and they lost to South Carolina by nine. All right. Not bad. Now, last year, last year Tulsa was actually pretty good. They were 13-5. and five. In conference play, they were twenty-one and ten overall, but they kind of had a rough start to the year this year. Now, the one thing that I've learned from American basketball, or like the American Conference, is that there are some teams in that like that are good one year and then bad the next. Like it's a quick turn, and the fact that they've already lost to a very below-average TCU team and a kind of below-average South Carolina team, I think this is a great opportunity for UT for UT Arlington to cover. I think they'll be double-digit dogs. And I think they'll, I think they'll cover. I think they'll lose by single digits. So I think there's a good opportunity to get, get the little cover, get the little guys in on the cover against the, you know, a, a major conference team here. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's my. That's only my lost first, to first by seven to Oklahoma State last week. Et Arlington. Yeah, that's the Mavericks, that was another good by the game. way. Like against Cade Cunningham or Cade Cunningham or whatever his name is. Yep. Yeah, they played well. Um, my other one now. This is this is two teams that I don't think anybody knows anything about. Hartford and Central Connecticut. Oh God! Hang with me here. Hang on. Hang on. Don't don't give up on me yet. I'm, don't I'm give here. up on me yet, Chuck. I got all the faith so, in you, Seth. Hartford isn't terrible. Like they're not good, obviously, but they're not terrible. They played Central Connecticut last year, out of conference game, first game of the season, and they beat them by fifteen. All right, and they went nine and seven in conference play last year. So they're again a capable team. Kind of a low major team that's capable. Now, Central Connecticut, on the other hand, went three and fifteen total in conference play last year and went four and twenty-seven overall. I think this is a big opportunity for a big mismatch, and I don't think the lines makers are going to make this gap as big as it should be. I see this again being maybe like a three, a four-point spread when it really should be ten or like nine. So this is one where if you can get on it early, I think this is a good opportunity to make some money. And if you can get this line at like three, four, or five, whatever you thought you were going to throw on it, put three times that amount on it. I think that's this one's going to be kind of like Northern Kentucky and SC Upstate today. So that's that's my second bet of the day tomorrow. And my third one, two teams. I'm actually going a little bit against what I normally do here. I'm going with two teams that you should be very uh, very aware of who they are: North Texas and Mississippi State. Now Mississippi State played your boys earlier this year. Yeah, they played. Um, they played Clemson in basketball. They lost. And I think Clemson beat them. Oh yeah, Clemson's two and zero. Oh yeah, about to be three and zero. Go Tigers! Where is this game? Why can't I find it? Hold on, I gotta find it. I lost it. It oh, escaped yeah. me. Yeah, I'm not seeing it on the Friday slate here. Oh, here it is. It's at eight p.m. If that helps you. Oh, okay. Where is it? Where did it go? I can't find it. Only put up 42 points against Clemson. Now, we're not like some kind of great defensive basketball team, I don't think. Yeah, well, Chuck, while I'm looking for this game, why don't you just look at this, like, look at that game against Clemson and tell me what you see. Yeah, they put up 42 points. Anything else? Anything else you notice? Well, let's look at the game cast here. So lost fifty three to forty two, shot thirty percent from the field. Um, they were leading by seven at one point, though apparently. So I don't know. Well, I, I wasn't I'll sure about Clemson this year. I didn't think they were very good. So just generally losing that game is not a great sign for Mississippi State. Yeah. Well, I I found it. I found it for you. So I or I found the game. So I I finally talked about it. But Mississippi State, not not a terrible basketball team um, in the SEC. So it's not necessarily that I'm I'm beating on beating up on a bad you know big conference team here. They went 11 and seven in their conference games last year, and for the most part they took or they um, they handled their out of conference games. But the one thing I want you to look at is their first two games last year. They beat Florida Atlantic by or yeah Florida International by eight. And they beat Sam Houston State by nine. Now, obviously, I don't know this, what the spreads were of those games. But I can tell you that they were definitely double digits. 
There's no way that either of those teams were single-digit underdogs. So going off of that, they've played three games this year, one and two. Their only win was to Texas State, and they lost to Liberty and Clemson by double digits. Now, North Texas, on the other hand, now this game is more for North Texas. North Texas, in their division last year, was 14-4. and four. So they are much better. They're one of those teams that plays like they're they're just a good mid-major team. Um, they play. They beat. They only lost by thirteen to Dayton at Dayton last year. They beat our boys UT Arlington that I mentioned. Beat them by eleven. Um, they lost to Rhode Island by thirteen. They lost to Utah State by nine. They're a good team to hang around. They only lost to VCU last year by three. They hang around in these big games. And expect for them to hang around again. They're probably going to be dogs. If they're 10-point dogs, take them right away. I love North Texas' single-digit loss there on Friday. Saturday, I got three more, and then I'm done. I'm going to make these quick. First one, we got a little Chicago State again. More Chicago State. The more Chicago State, the merrier. Playing Northwestern. I know nothing about Northwestern basketball, but I know they're much better than Chicago State. Take Northwestern minus 30 or less. If it's in the 20s, take them. If it's 30, 31, you can still take them. But I wouldn't go much higher than 31 or 32. The other game is Maryland versus James Madison. Now, Maryland hasn't played a game. and James Madison is 2-1. and one, But James Madison is was one of the worst teams in their division last year. And I don't think the line is going to be big enough since it is Maryland's first game. And Maryland is – I mean, they're a much better basketball school than they are a football school historically wise or histor something with the history word. <laughs> so I really like Maryland to beat them by 20 here, maybe even more. And I don't think that number is going to be high enough. I think it's going to be high teens or low twenties. Take Maryland in the over. And the last one is Colorado against uh, Washington state. Colorado has been playing well. They've covered their past two. Washington state has not. Washington state almost lost to Eastern Washington. They really struggle on the defensive end and Colorado. I watched their entire game against Kansas state. Um, they can put up points against the tough Kansas State team that was tough, and I think they can put it up against the Washington State team. So look for Colorado to cover the spread there. And the last one that I'm going to talk a little bit more about on Saturday is Furman against Richmond. Now, Richmond is now ranked 18th. Yeah, do I, th- or 19th. do I think they're the 19th best team in the nation? Absolutely not. I don't think that at all. They just beat a Kentucky team that's really struggling to score. I watched that Kansas-Kentucky game last night, and it was like they just played iso ball. That's all Kentucky does. So, I mean, if, if they're not making shots, you're going to beat them. So I don't think Richmond is the 19th best team in the country. Furman played really good basketball last year, and at a point they were ranked. Um, I think they were ranked like 24th or 25th, um, and then they dropped out. But or maybe that was two years ago. It was, they, But they're, they're always pretty decent. They, they went 15-3 and three in conference play. That's what I'm getting to. And they went 20, 25 and seven overall. Um, this is a good Furman team. And again, I think Richmond's getting hyped up after that win against Kentucky. Sure. And I think Furman's going to, whatever the line is, I think it's going to be a double digit line. And I think Furman's going to be able to make it a single digit loss. Yeah. So those are all my games. And then I've got one on Sunday, just a, a little one. And this one's purely because one of these teams absolutely sucks. Louisiana Monroe versus Northwestern State. Take Louisiana Monroe, and whatever points they give you, Northwestern State is complete garbage. That's all I have to say. Those are all the picks. Those are all my college basketball picks. I'll be throwing on them. And if you're throwing on them, you'll be making money like me. I What did I do? I think I've gone plus. Let me do some math here. Yeah, I mean, you were what, 10-0 and in your first, like, 10 with one's called yeah, I, I didn't, yeah I was 10 and 0 then I was 13 and 1 and I got two wrong on one day and that's just because I made some dumb betting mistakes and um I haven't gotten one wrong since so I've been on fire um I'm nailing mid-major games and I think that that's where you gotta hit the money so we're I'm switching my passion from the NFL to college basketball so everyone who's listening has got to switch it to and they'll they'll reap the benefits all right Got a lot of action, a lot of games picked. We're 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 a three sports show now. Um, I like this in December here, getting a lot of sports in. Um, but yeah, the, the that... NBA is gonna come in soon too. Oh god, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. We're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run out of <laughs> we're gonna run out of time. We're gonna drag on for too long. With so many games. I know it's gonna be bad. All right, well, good stuff. 
lock it in. Jagerbaum's been dropped. Seth's opened his college basketball vault. Kind of a new segment college we're doing now. Vault. That's where the money is made, in the college basketball vault. Um, so for, for Seth and Chuck here, uh, have, a, have a good week, and, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Have an excellent first week of December, Hoppers. Get out there, throw some bets, throw the mortgage on the house, you know, on one of these games. Why not? Let me uh, let me just sign you off with the lead that Eastern Kentucky has right now, just so you know. Lock of the that I'm talking, speaking truth right now. Oh, no, they're losing. Just kidding. They're up by 20. Let's go. Seth, you realize Easy. you can't say lock of the century ever again now? Because you I said can't. It. I know. You that was it. my lock of the century. You, you locked the up for the century, so you just can't say that The fact that I did so not take out a loan from the bank to put on this game <laughs> was a missed opportunity. Shame. Shameful. <laughs> Shameful by myself. But that's all right. That's all right. There'll be, there'll be another one. There'll be the second lock of the century next week. You got to wait 100 years before you can say lock of the century again. Great. I'm going to be dying. They're like, no, it's the lock of the century. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? I'll have the lock of the year. I'll have the lock of the year. There you go. Early January. That's what it'll be. 2021. We're so, going to lock something up. 2021. So lock of the stay century. tuned. Or lock of the year. Not the century. You don't know when it's going to come. Yes. Anyway, Hoppers, thanks for thanks for stopping by. Hopefully you're listening to this before all these games go live so you can get some bets in. But uh, we hope you're profiting out there. We, we are profiting um, off of these. So we know what we say kind of works. Sometimes. Most of I think. the time. So, I like it, bud. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening and tuning in. And, Chuck, catch you next week. Bye.